Welcome to King's Touch Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's Word will impact your everyday life. Nehemiah, the man of God, declared the Word. And he said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. After they had wrestled with building the wall and fought with their enemies, I don't know what had been left of them. But that day he declared, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And like the man of God declared, I want you to declare the same thing in your life. That the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. When it becomes a reality in your life, when you get the faith that the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When that word becomes a reality in your life, not just a hearsay, but a reality in your life, uh, you will actually know what the man meant when he said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Maybe it was to such a cold congregation that he was saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I do not know. Maybe it was at such a time when he uh, was discouraged and uh, Busted and broke and uh, was wondering what next. But he still declared the word. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the book of Philippians. Chapter 1. I'll begin from verse 1. Paul and Timothy. The servants of Jesus Christ. To all the saints. In Christ Jesus. That are in Philippi. With the bishops and the deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with you, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, and that's where I want to major my uh, preaching today. Being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it, to perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. I wonder what Paul was perceiving that day when he spoke this word. When I read Philippians chapter 1, or when I read through my Bible, I feel that that word has been spoken to such a man like me at such a time. Or I believe that that word has been spoken to such a congregation as this at such a time. Or to your life, to your family, to, to you at such a time as this. Paul speaks a word and he says that one thing he is confident about, that the God that began a work in you will be faithful to bring that work to the very end. Now he doesn't tell us, he doesn't only tell us that there is a work that God has begun in us. He tells us that the work that has begun is a good work. And then he tells us that he is very confident that the one that began that work will be faithful to bring that work to the very end, to bring that work, to perform it till the day of Christ Jesus. When I look through the words of Paul, what I perceive Paul saying is, 
Paul is talking about your beginning and he's talking about your end, which I decide to call destiny. So what Paul is concerned about, he's concerned about your destiny. So he gets it right from the beginning and he says that he knows that a good work has begun on the inside of you and that work shall continue until the day that God Almighty has ordained for it to come into fruition. Until the day that God Almighty has desired that it comes to its end, to its destiny, to the place he has wished, to the place he has desired. He says that work will continue. Now Paul talks about the beginning and talks about the end, but he doesn't tell us the in-between. I don't know why he doesn't tell us the in-between. I know that there are many matters in-between, and maybe the pages of the Bible would not have handled them, so he just deals with the beginning and deals with the end. And you see, the in-between can change and flip-flop, but the end shall, shall tell us what really God has been doing in your life. The total sum of God's working will be seen in the end of where he is taking you. Hallelujah. And that's the same thing that Paul is saying. He's saying that the one that began a good work in you shall be faithful to bring it to the very end. Let me tell you people, a good work has begun on the inside of you. That's why Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we may walk in them. We have been predestined to walk into good works. Not just to live as though it, well, as though, well everything ought to be that way, but to walk in the good works of God. Now this is not the good works of a king. It's not the good works of a president. It's not the good works of that rich man. It's the good works of God predestined for your life. I would like to say that all of us here are predestined for good works. Hallelujah. God's plans towards us are good plans. God's working towards us are good workings. God has something he is doing on the inside of us. I don't know how you feel about yourself. I don't know how you see yourself, but there is a good work going on on the inside of you. I want to tell you something about that good work, that the devil cannot stop that work. Circumstances cannot stop that work. Your past cannot stop that work. Nobody's going to be able to stop that work. Maybe you are the only one that can stop that work. And that's why Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, he says, do not be wary in well doing for you shall reap a harvest if you faint not so I would like to tell you one thing today don't be wary no matter what the tides are don't be wary no matter what the storm in your life is do not be wary of doing good because you have been predestined for good works amen, amen. there is a destiny that is waiting for you and God has already sorted out the, the final bits of that destiny. He's not uh, planning what he's going to do when you get there. He's not uh, thinking about what he's going to say when you get there. He knows what he's going to do when you get there. Actually, he has already done it. You are only going to walk into it. I got to learn about the concept of, of film acting. That actually film actors act the movie backward. They act from the last point and then they go back to the first scene. So that when you begin to watch the movie from behind, they did it the other way around. You see, God is just like that. God acted out your life and played it out from the end to the beginning. What you're doing is just walking through what God has already walked through. Hello. There is a good work on the inside of you. Over the time, God has spoken great things to us as a congregation. 
God has spoken mighty things to us as a ministry. God has uh, been speaking to us. God has uh, given us such a great assignment, such a great destiny, such a great future, both individually and corporately. We have a great future. We are going somewhere, and I would like to say to you that we will get there. The storm may rise, but after the storm has come, we will get there. The enemy may rise, but after the enemy, we will get there. No matter what happens, we are going to get to what God has told us to go to. It may look like it's not going to happen, but we will get there. It may not look so lovely to take the walk, but we will get there. It may not sound so nice and so good, but we will get there. The enemy may rise upon us like a flood, but we will get there. We may get there broke, but we will get there. We may get there tired, but we will get there. And let me tell you something, when we get there, it doesn't matter how broke you were, because the God that supplies all your needs is going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now it doesn't even matter about your stat. You may get there daddy. I don't care. The spirit of God will clean you up when you get there. Hello? We will get the trials will not stop us from getting there. I know the one thing that has been so trying to you is the test of time that it takes to get there. You have felt the pinch of the time that it takes to get there. When the prophet looked at you and prophesied and said, Soon God is doing a work. You thought it was yesterday. Why? Because in your mental picture, you had your worked out plan. But God had something else in mind. Hallelujah. It takes time to get there. Much as we have to get there. I would like to tell you so you don't get discouraged. If you want, you might as well get discouraged right now. But if you want to get encouraged, I want to tell you now that it takes time to get there. Hello? Many people, many people fail to endure the test of time because the test of time requires patience. Praise God. And you see, the kind of patience that God seems to, uh, you know, letting loose to your, to your way is the kind that defies your mental picture of what the ride ought to be like. Hello? So the first thing that you're going to have to understand is that it takes time. It, God is going to work in seasons and phases to get you to your destiny. There will be shifts of seasons. There will be uh, changes of phases to get you to your destiny. Life and ministry has seasons and phases to it. And every season has a time limit. In the seasons, you have lessons to learn. It is up to you to brace up and learn the lessons that you have too. Amen. These seasons will bring changes. You need to know that. God will send forth, a, will release a season in your path. And those seasons will bring changes. Those seasons, amen. Speed and swiftness and quick fixes and shortcuts and on-spot solutions are good. But God is more interested in your strength and your stability. Praise God. You know, we, we all like the kind of preaching that is going to get us out of the, the pit very quick and uh, get us there very quick. But you need to know something that as God builds strength in you, you will have to just, you know, be patient with God as he does that. 
Thank God for the, for the preachings and the sermons that uh, get you out of that place very quickly and uh, remove you out of all temptations and all trials very fast. But you need to understand something. God's process in you is never a result of one experience. Hello? God is working powerfully and moving powerfully. Even when he works powerfully and moves powerfully, there are seasons that he's going to use to get you to your destiny. Hello? In these seasons, you're going to have to learn to cooperate with God. Number one, you're going to have to learn, no matter what you see, you're going to have to believe God for that. That you may not see the, the, the results you desire, but you still believe that God is working in your life. Too many people give up so quickly, especially because they don't understand the season. They don't understand what is happening. You see, what, uh, what, what happens when problems come your way, many people begin to believe that God has left them. But you must be able to believe that God is working in your life. Because you have to understand, if you're a good Bible reader, that there are going to be some ditches and going to be uh, some mountains and uh, the, the valley, the shadow of death is going to come around and all sorts of problems will break loose. Amen. Quit. But I understand that winners never quit and quitters never win. What I know is that when you quit just because there is something you don't understand is happening, let me tell you, it is not that you quit that is the problem. It is the attitude that is the problem. You took the opportunity to quit, you, will, you might as well begin to quit all through your life. You begin something, you will, never, you will never make it through the end. Why? Because you've conditioned your mind to think that when things go hard, the best escape is to quit. Amen. One of the only reasons why I cannot quit on what God has called me to do, irrespective of what, or quit on the ministry because of what is happening, is because my family has gone through much more than the ministry has gone through. But I've still been a member of that family. I have not quit on that family. And some of you here want to quit because the ministry is going through some hard time. Your family has gone through harder times, but you haven't quit on that family. As a matter of fact, you're still called by your father's name. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is not time to give up because you don't understand what is going on. I know some of us would like, uh, you know, God to just work miraculously and quickly to, uh, to deal with uh, some of our, our weaknesses and our disappointments and our, and, and our troubles. That's all good. We may pray for a miracle and that wise, but you see that if, if it has to do with your character, God will take the process in the season of time to work out that character in you. Hello? It is not going to just happen in one day. Thank God if it doesn't happen. But if it doesn't happen, don't be disappointed. He will take you through the process of time. And he will bring you to the place you have to go to. Praise God. Habits take time to grow. And God uses seasons to build habits in you. You are not going to be a habitual giver if you haven't conditioned yourself to learn how to give. You're not going to be a, a, you know, a habitual kind person if you haven't learned to be kind step by step. Amen. 
So God will have to use time. You see, God will use time because we just don't get it, do we? Amen. Go through it and God says, don't do this and there. When we get there, we do the same thing and he takes you back. Say, now don't do this. You get there and then you do the same thing. And he looks and, and, at you and says, well, you just don't get it. Now, until you get it, you won't get there. So you will get it, then you will go there. But thank God that when you get it, you will be a stronger person, a better person, and uh, a person that is worth handling the good work that God has for you. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying today? You have to understand in your different capacities what God is doing and what season you are. Understand your season for yourself and know what God is doing in your season so that you may uh, uh, get yourself, uh, you know, comfortable and get yourself uh, acquainted with that season so that you can uh, cope with what God is doing in your life in that season. One time Jesus went to... To Jerusalem and he went up on the top of the hill and looked down in Jer at, and to Jerusalem in Luke 19 I believe from verse 40 and he looked at Jerusalem and he said oh Jerusalem Jerusalem how I have wished to gather you like a hen gathers her, her young ones but you have not known it a time shall come when your enemies shall break forth upon you and destroy you and leave a, not a stone unturned why because you have not discerned the time of your visitation well, those people did not understand their seasons when God visited them they did not understand that it was God that had visited simply because his name was changed from Jehovah God to Jesus they didn't understand what God was doing in that season and therefore they missed it understand your season for yourself amen if you don't understand your season for yourself, you're going to begin to give uh, excuses like that man at the pool of Bethesda. The man kept saying, you see, when Jesus came to him, it was his season. When Jesus came to him and asked him whether he wanted to be made whole, the man said, but you see, I have no one to carry me in the water when the, when the angel troubles the water. The seasons were many. The man was not able to get himself to get healed. Amen. Understand your season. Understand what God is doing in your season. I love the sons of Ishaka. Bible says they had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do in times of battle. Do you understand the times? Do you understand uh, the season around you? Can you see what God is doing in that season? And then as you understand the season... Be patient with God and be patient with yourself. Praise God. One of life's frustrations is that God's timing is really our timing. Praise God. When we believe it's the right time, God is saying, wait, and you want to jump out of, what, out of God's will. And God, God is saying it's not yet time. So you see, people get frustrated because they don't understand the seasons. God's timing is never going to be our timing. God's timing will only be his timing. He will step out at the right time and come to you. God will never come too late. He will always come at the right time. And it's not you who determines the right time he does. Amen. You know, many times we feel frustrated because of the seemingly slow progress we are making in life. 
we are very frustrated because you see we are always in a hurry we want God to take us there and take us there and take us there we are always in a hurry you know so we get so frustrated uh, with the slow progress that God that life is making but I want you to, to remember one thing that much as uh, God is never in a hurry like you are he's always on time amen Great men, great churches, great individuals, great destinies are grown through struggles and storms that are, that are, that are, uh, uh, that, that are you know, surrounded through the, uh, the seasons of life. God will release a storm your way to see what you will do when the storm comes your way. Hello? So when the storm comes your way, be patient in that season. And let God work his way through your life. Hello? Many people get so impatient that they want to take the next shortcut. When God does, when God does not open a door, don't jump through the window. Hello? Praise God. Understand the season. If you can understand the season, you will contain yourself. Praise God. Number two, understand and know your inheritance. Understand and know your inheritance. You have a great destiny and you have to know that you have an inheritance. There is a solid foundation for you to know that there is a solid, a solid foundation for your, for your inheritance. And that solid foundation for your inheritance is Jesus himself. Praise God. So as you understand your inheritance, you have to know who Jesus is and what he has done for you. Praise God. Who Jesus is and what he has done for you. The question is, who is Jesus and what has he done for you? You have to understand. It's amazing to know how many people come to church every Sunday and can hardly tell us who Jesus is. And lift up holy hands to worship and can hardly tell us who Jesus is. I think the first place we ought to begin to do evangelism is not out there. It is in church because we have too many lost folk in church. They are lost but they are in church. They need to find Jesus. So our next evangelistic crusades will not go out there. We will start right from here. Because judgment begins from the house. So we will begin right from here. So that salvation begins from the house. Hello. Praise God. Who is Jesus? And what has he done for you? He is the word of God. He is the author of life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Do those words mean anything to you? He is the Alpha and the Omega. It's amazing to see how people get excited at the miracles of Jesus and don't know the message of Jesus. What we need is not just what God did for Batmaias, but what is the message of Jesus? If I had come with a, with a, with a, with a word right now declaring the works of Jesus. 
And but Myers stood up. You know what would have happened in this house? We would have gotten wired. But we need to understand the message of Jesus. Don't get so religious to just get one part of the thing and run off with it. Because you will be dangerous. You will harm somebody. Get the message of of Jesus. Hello? I wonder how long you have been attending church. But I wonder how much you know about Jesus. And how much you know about what he has done for you. You know something? I discovered that too many people in church are bound. And they ought not to be bound. Simply because they don't understand who Jesus is. And they don't understand what he did for them. Who is Jesus? And what did he do for you? He took your place at Calvary. And he died for you. Those kind of messages are not common. And not popular in church. But the, the truth still remains that he took your place at Calvary and he died for you. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus went to the cross simply for you, not for anyone else. And that's why you ought not to be bound in any way, form or shape. Praise God. Jesus set you free from the devil and from sin. And he made you righteous. And exchange your righteousness for sin. That's why the the Bible says in Isaiah 64 verse 6. It says we are all unclean and our righteousness is like filthy rugs. Now there there is nothing we could have done to attain to that place called righteousness. It had to take God to come die for us and take our sin and give us righteousness. That's why the Bible declares in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are righteous not because of what we did or what we didn't do or not because of what we do or don't do, but because of what Jesus did. That's why we are righteous. And many people are living under defeat because they don't understand the concept of their righteousness. You live a life full of condemnation, yet the Bible says, uh, Romans 8, 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. It is not by works. It is not by your own strength. There is no works you can do to attain to the righteousness of God. You just have to believe what he said and live through the righteousness of God. If you understand the concept of your righteousness, you're going to live free from the conscience of sin. Some of you are so afraid of sin that you think you're going to sin. And that's why you sin. But what you needed to do was to get a a hold of your righteousness. And know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God made you righteous on the account of Jesus. On the account of what he did, he looked at you and said, now you're justified. You're sanctified, you're righteous, you're free from sin. You didn't have to pay for it, you didn't have to buy it. That's just what he did. He took your sickness away and he gave you health. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says he was wounded for our transgression. 
bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed that word is still as true as the tablets you take praise god it's amazing how that we go to the doctor nothing wrong with going to the doctor Uh, how we go to the doctor and he writes for you some uh, disorganized words that you can hardly read and he tells you take it there when you take it there he will tell you what to do and then you can't read this thing but you believe that the solution of your healing is in that thing now let me tell you something you can read this one it's in a very understandable handwriting and the solution of your healing is in this one praise god hallelujah just like you're used to taking that tablet and you take it three times a day you can take the word of god three times a day and if symptoms persist take an overdose praise god you will get healed hello praise god this jesus has done great things for us he took your curses and gave you blessings galatians chapter 3 verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it's written cursed is every man that hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the gentile through Christ Jesus that we may receive the promise of the spirit by faith you are redeemed from the curse of the law that's what Jesus did for you it's not the working of any man it's the working of Jesus You are redeemed from the curse. Hello. I know I know I know uh, uh preaching on preachings on on curses these days take large offerings especially from desperate people who don't know the word of God. When the preacher comes and tells you there is a curse in your family and you need to get a whole a read a, a, you need to get rid of it but let's first take an offering. You know something? I give you a free one. I don't need to take I will not take an offering for this one. Don't even pay me for it. Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. You know something? It is good for preachers to take an offering, but sometimes your money will be eaten for free. Because you don't know the word of God. Hello? You you know you know how we you fish? You put a bait on the hook. And that's how they will do to you until you wake up and get to know the word of the Lord. And then you will begin to live righteous. So that when you give, it's a more fruitful giving and not fearful giving. Hello? Too many people are just giving fearful offerings. They fear that if they don't give, something evil will happen, as though God were an evil God ready to just smite them. Hello? You have to understand what God did for you. What Jesus did for us on the cross is enough to give you a breakthrough if you understand it. He restored the authority that was lost through Adam and gave it back to you. What are you doing with that authority? You see, if we understand our inheritance, we will be empowered in our walk to destiny. Praise God. It is that empowerment that will give you the ability to do what you thought you couldn't do. But you need to understand your inheritance. We have access to the throne of God through the blood sacrifice of Jesus. Did you know about that? 
How many times do you approach that throne? Do you run away from God or do you run to God? I'm told this is considered to be one of the most spiritual churches. But I wonder how many people have attained to the liberty of knowing that they have free access to God. And they actually go ahead and go to God. Selah. Hello. Praise God. You have free access to the throne of God. You by yourself, not through another prayer warrior, not through another preacher. You by yourself. In your state right now, whichever state you are, you have access to the throne of God. With all your sins and all your problems, you have access to the throne of God if you're born again. Take them to the throne of God and God will help you deal with them. Hello? Some of you are running from God because you're suspicious God will do something you, you don't want. You're just like Jonah. Fleeing from the presence of God. Look at you. Get back to his presence. Hello. As sons, we need to know that there is every privilege in and inherent position in Christ. Praise God. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. We are sharers in his nature. Hello. We have access. To God. We have access to his power. Access to his mercy. Access to his favor. Access to his protection. Access to his promotion. You see, access to everything that God has to offer us. We have access to them. And because we don't know that, every one of these has to be a someone. Someone has to come and tell you, you are protected. For you to know you are protected. If you can just know it, you are protected. We will go to another level and stop preaching uh, sermons that are just right there. If you help the preacher get to the place God wants you to get, the man will get revelations that are amazing. But if you don't, he will have to come and dwell right there because you can't still handle the stuff right there. Now there is deep waters waiting for us, but are we ready to handle it? Hello? There is revelation enough to transform your life. But are we ready for that point? Are we ready for that place of revelation? If we get ourselves ready, we will hear the greatness of what God has to say. We will hear the unspeakable. Things that Paul said, they're even, I mean, I can't speak them. Paul said, these things are too great for me to speak. I think Paul just didn't have anyone to speak them to because they were not yet ready to bear them. If we get ready for God's next revelation, he will release that revelation. But if we don't get ourselves ready for it, the preachers on this pulpit will keep speaking the same word and keep speaking the same word so that you get faith enough to believe what they're saying. Hello? I believe that the preacher has responsibilities, but you the more. Since your fingers are forward, I know your hands like to point at the mistakes on this pulpit. But you have much more to work upon yourself. Because God will not release another word until you're ready for it. Hello? God has given us everything we need. Everything we need. Everything. And that includes the the Holy Spirit 
as the guarantee of our inheritance. Praise God. In our walk to destiny, we have to know that we have an inheritance. Number three, forget your past. I would like to read for us Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press towards the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, forgetting what is behind me. I have realized that to many of us, the past has been a very big hindrance to what God can do in your future. And the past will hold you up and hinder your progress as long as you still hold up to it. The past hinders progress. Let go of your past. God came around in Egypt when the children of Israel were being tormented and were slaves in Egypt and did a good work in them and delivered them from slavery and set them on the road to their destiny and told them what was on the other side of destiny and sent them out with Moses and as they began to go when the tides got stronger and the times got harder one thing they did they began to remember Egypt and began to grumble and complain and tell Moses, were there no graves in Egypt that you brought us to this wilderness? And they began to remember the meat in Egypt and the cucumber in Egypt and the garlic in Egypt. Isn't that so much like us? It's not changed a single bit. We go through things and we look back and say, well, uh, look at what happened in the past and uh, you accuse your past and uh, refuse your past and confuse your past. Whatever you do and you keep looking back and uh, want to go back and your past has held you from where you can, I mean, to, to, to your, from your destiny. You have a great destiny and uh, you haven't been able to grasp what God can do in your destiny because you are so held back in your past. Remember how far God has brought you, not just how far he's taking you. He's taking you far. Remember the, the far he has brought you to this point. And be grateful that he has brought you to this point. Because no matter how much you blame and curse and accuse and, uh, and excuse, it's not going to change. You, there's nothing you can do about your past. As a matter of fact, you're not going to be able to change your past. But one thing is that you can still change your future. Hello? Get rid of your past. No matter what happened in your past, get rid of it. You are not where you used to be. You're not where you're going as yet. But where you are, be grateful that you're there. Praise God. God is not finished with you yet. God is still working in you. So one thing you have to do is don't stay stagnant. Keep on moving on. Press forward despite the tides, despite the hard times, despite the situation and circumstance. Keep on 
moving on. Don't stop. Don't go back. Keep on moving on. No matter what you encounter, keep on moving on. Cry your tears, clean up yourself, and keep on moving on. Buy new shoes, buy new shirts, and keep on moving on. Praise God. Because that's how you're going to get there. Keep on moving on. Hello? I would like to encourage you. When God told Noah what to do, he told him to let in that ark two of every kind of every creature. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought about the snail and how it got there. That thing took time to get to the ark, but through perseverance, it got there. And we still have snails up to today. Praise God. Take your ride, but as you keep on pressing forward, no matter how slow, you will get there. Just like the snail. That snail had to persevere and move through slowly, but he still got there. The lion was fast and the bears were fast and the leopards were fast, but that snail, through perseverance, it got there slowly. It still got to the ark. No matter what, we will get to our destiny. Praise God. We will get there. Let's take the slow ride, but that's the sure way there. Do you understand what I'm saying to us today? Quit being discouraged all the time. Anything little, you're gone. You're discouraged. You're sunken in your discouragement and uh, laid yourself a nice bed of discouragement. I often wonder why God told the greats he raised up. Two things he always told them. Fear not, be strong and courageous. Fear not, be strong and courageous. And do you think God is going to tell you anything less? He's not going to uh, tell you what it, uh, what it takes to figure out the ride. He's told you that your future is great and the, your destiny is great. And he has told you your beginning is good. Now be encouraged to go on in between before your, uh, your future and after your beginning. That in between, take a ride. If you get discouraged, remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And take the ride with joy. Jesus said that when you're fasting, don't disfigure your, yourself and make it look to everyone that you're fasting. Now, as you take on this ride, don't make it obvious to us that you're going through hard times. As though, any of, as though the rest of them are not going through any hard times. Praise God. I like this Baptist congregation. Amen. Let us be encouraged, saints. Let us be encouraged as a congregation, as a family, as individuals. Let us be encouraged that even when you don't, we don't feel what God is doing, I would like to encourage you that God is doing something. Because God will never let you figure him out all the way. You see, before you go through it and after you go through it, he's still God. And nothing is going to change him. Your tears will not change him. 
your disfigured face will not change him. Your heart aches will not change him. He's still God. When the sun goes down and after it rises, he will still be God. When the dust is everywhere in Kampala and after it begins to rain, he's still God. And he knows about the dust. He also knows about your walk. Take the ride. When you hit that place called destiny, God will change the face of everything. Great things await us. Great things are in store for us. It's not time to quit. The danger of quitting is the attitude of quitting because you'll go on with that attitude. It is not even where you quit from. It is only you that will carry that attitude along with you. Hello? So it's not time to quit. It's not time to give up. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.